When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Heyo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox trade deadline special. Coming to you live from Studio A. And I hope Luke Stuckmark takes note of that. Studio A of our CHG offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. we got Vinny Duber. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenroll23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Uh, our meatball producer, uh, Steven Nicholas. <laughs> wow. What the hell was that for? You know what that's for. Oh, we were God. doing CHGO bets live, and you're like... Just beat red. You're kind of always beat red, though. I mean, maybe you got some. Somebody didn't, oh. somebody didn't, um, wow. my somebody didn't run a now. ball out or something. What happened? <laughs> Josh Harrison. Sean's uh, mic will be on mute the rest of the, the show. show. Okay. His, his, man, his main might be coming back. <laughs> um, it's Colton Longer, Josh Harrison. You're, choose your fighter. Oh. Um, we were ending CHGO bets, and the White Sox traded Jake Berger. And Steven's like, I hate this. Reportedly. I hate yeah. Reportedly by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's very likely that Jake Berger has been traded to the Marlins, uh, reportedly. Um, but Steven was immediately frustrated. No? I, I was. I like Jake Berger. My, my, my argument for that was the team needs guys to hit home runs, and guess what he does? He hits home runs. Ball Understood. Ball, ball, right? Come on. Understood. <laughs> I mean, he does hit home runs. He That's does. true. He's, He's got one of the top ten home run totals in the American League. Uh, I received a similar text from my dad. Hi, Dad, if you're watching, that said, oh, what a shame. Burger, See, one of my favorites, he's gone. I mean, same page. He didn't, give this, he didn't give the same reasoning you did, but he just likes Jake Berger and yeah. is upset. A likable guy. Gone. Yeah. S- Scott Merkin is lo- uh, lost, opining the loss of, of Jake Berger on Twitter. I mean, it seems like, I mean, your man Jason Goff is going through it on Twitter. Apparently, this is just like the, the shot into the, the, the Sox heart. I mean, Jake Berger reportedly... Has been he's, traded. A, he's a good player who hits home runs and has shown that he can field his position at third this year with only, I think, three errors, and he's been all right at second. All right, folks. He didn't start the year with the Major League Club. That's because he didn't make the team. He had no position because Yohan Moncada was healthy or healthy-ish and had a pretty good um, WBC. I'm actually thrilled that Rick Hahn went through with this. He didn't let emotion and the player overachieving cause him to keep a player too long. We've seen that with him and Kenny Williams keeping players way too long. Daniel Palka, who had an explosion of a year, kept him too long. Uh, Josh Fields, explosion of 25 home runs as a third baseman, 
kept him way too long. Uh, Avi Garcia, bad start to his Sox career, came back after an injury, had an all-star year, didn't trade him, and then he turned into the regular Avi Garcia. There's been examples of this. Carlos Quinton came from a different organization, had that awesome 2008, got hurt, didn't trade him. This is a trade high on Jake Berger for a prospect that looks promising, very promising from Vanderbilt. Jake Eater seems like a lefty starter eventually in this White Sox rotation. So, yes, I am going to miss the person, the family, the home runs, the celebration, the good times, and the story is awesome. But I thought the trade was great, and this trade deadline by Rick Hahn, thumbs up. After we poo-pooed him last year about only getting Jake Diekman, this is an A-plus trade deadline for the White Sox and Rick Hahn. I do miss the Jake Diekman song. The Jake Diekman song, I would bring that back. Maybe we don't have to bring Jake Diekman back, but maybe we implore one of these newer, younger bullpen arms to use the Jake Diekman song. To walk song. into the rap about the Nebraska football Jake team. Jake Diekman. Yeah, they were saying Red Kingdom, and that was I the believe name. that's it, yeah. Oh. It's about the Cornhuskers? Uh, so I believe it was a rap that was made about the Chiefs, that was then taken and made about mm. Nebraska. Gotcha. So it's you're so it's, knowledgeable. I'm all hearing all of this like second third, or third hand. He's but a yeah, Packer fan. well, that song is like third generation song. It's so terrible. Those uh, songs about teams always are terrible. And this is a song about a team about another team. Supposedly, Nebraska sucks, so it makes sense. It oh, tracks. yeah, they do suck. Nebraska, of course, would not have an identity after. Uh, I think they're still basing their football team around Tom Osborne. And I think he was dead before I was born. Um, and they but, fired Bo Pelini when he was nine and four. They would kill two to three people for a nine and four record this year. And Bo Pelini was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, bring him back. Um, all right, so let's talk about the trade deadline though, because it seems pretty much done. It's over. Uh, the deadline was six p.m. Uh, Eastern time, five p.m. Central. We're now seven minutes after, and the reports uh, from Bob Nightingale right before we jumped on was that Dylan ceases. Staying a White Sox. We saw the Orioles acquire Jack Flaherty near the deadline. It sounded like it was a possibility that Cease could be gone. Uh, but as David says and Zach says, uh, I'm just happy TA is staying. And then thoughts on Cease staying. So, Vinny, thoughts on Cease, thought, thoughts on Cease staying? Listen, we've been waiting a week or perhaps a month or, t- or more than that to figure out what the White Sox intentions are for next season, for the future of this team. And it seems right now with the moves that they made at this trade deadline that nothing is stopping them from attempting to compete next year. None of the moves that they have made will damage that in any great, uh, with any great significance. Um, Dylan Cease is, is going to be here. T.A. is going to be here. You know, Luis Robert Jr. is going to be here, and the list could go on and on. That core position player group plus Dylan Cease is, is still going to be sticking around, and that's what they can look to and say, hey, we believe in that group of guys. We're going we're gonna to field a team next year that is not rebuilding era level. Now, listen, doesn't mean that because they're trying to compete that they will. They've, they, they were attempting to be a championship contending team this year. They're 21 games under 500. But when it comes to the intent, what they're attempting to do, we saw many years during the rebuild, two or three, at, at, at minimum, where the idea was, let's just wait for the young guys to get to, to get here. And we're not going to get that next year. We're not going to see that from the White Sox in 2024. It seemed like it was a possibility, right? They've acquired some guys already who aren't necessarily going to be ready to go on opening day 2024. Might be here by the end of next season, but 
some of the moves that they made, particularly the marquee prospect they got in that Giolito uh, and Lopez trade, Edgar Caro, probably not going to be here until maybe 2025. And so if that's the case, you were looking at, oh, is it a possibility that they are loading up, so to speak, for 2025? And I don't think any of the trades that they made, reported or otherwise, have been have signaled that that's what they're going for. I think you're going to see a long list of guys who fans are very well familiar with back next year, and you might think that that prevents them from being a contender, but I think the White Sox still have confidence that given health and given the expected level of performance from those players, that next year can be a year in which they compete. They're going to have to go do some work on the pitching front, obviously, but with the moves they've made, yes, they've acquired guys that could be part of the much longer-term plan when you talk about the prospects that they got, but the guys who are still here, the guys they did not move, speak to intention to compete in 2024. Couldn't say it better. Well, and then let me say or ask this. The Sox right now are thinking about trading Cease and Tim Anderson. If a deal comes along this offseason to deal one of those, do you think that they would be open to that, or is this the opportunity to trade those players and now the fact that they haven't means that the White Sox are going to go into 2024 with Anderson at shortstop and cease somewhere in the rotation likely opening day starter it's a good question uh, because obviously it's not impossible right you could those guys could very well be traded this offseason as anybody else could but I think the idea of trying to strike at the deadline for guys who do have that potential control and and in the ceases case much actual control Mm -hmm. past this year it speaks to them thinking that they are better off with those guys at the moment than they were with the guys that they would be getting back in a trade. I think that's what Rick Hahn has said all along. It's that it depends on what the return is, what the market dictates for those guys. And when, it, when, you're, weighing, when you're weighing what to do, the, the option A was how good of a chance to compete for a championship do, do Dylan Cease and Tim Anderson give us versus – this stack of prospects that was offered by whatever team called up and asked about those guys. And it would seem that in the end, they determined that the first was, was more likely, that Dylan, having Dylan Cease and having Tim Anderson would give them the better chance. Does that change during the offseason? Possible someone calls up and says, all right, remember, remember what you wanted back at the trade deadline? We're finally ready to give you that kind of thing. But in that case, you would have to think that, as we heard from all the reports and all the tweets today from the national-type guys, the White Sox would be blown away or bowled over, use whatever idiom you want to use, right, that that return would be so overwhelming that they would have to do the deal and then they would be in a much better position, even if it wasn't for 2024. So, yes, this still can change, but I don't. it hasn't, and I don't see that it would. Yeah, I think Something that, that would change it, sorry to interrupt no you, problem. would be unforeseen. I think that the Jake Berger deal speaks to what I'm going to say about uh, Dylan Cease. They got an offer from the Marlins that they couldn't refuse. I'm sure in their heart of hearts, they wanted to keep Jake Berger. A lot of years of control left, power bat, shown versatility to play third, first, second base now. And so they're like, man, we got to get blown away to get this guy and to get a guy in Jake Eater who's coming off of Tommy John surgery but building back up his last start. He got 10 strikeouts in five innings. I think they're like, that's good enough for us. You know, Jake Berger is going to be good, and we wish him well on his way to Miami, but this Eater guy would fit into our future plans a little bit better than Jake Berger because next year, where's Jake Berger going to play? You know, Yohan Makata is going to be on the team in 2024 making $24 million. 
And so I think Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams went into this trade deadline not wanting to trade Dylan Cease. And they needed to get blown away. And like I was telling you, they wanted their player. They said probably in the meetings, like, if they're giving up this player, we'll ask for this player. They'll probably bristle and say no, but that's our player. And the player I'm thinking they're asked for is Jackson Holiday from the Orioles, which the Orioles, smartly enough, said, hell no, we're not giving you Jackson Holiday. Get out of here. And then the bite sucks like, cool. We're good. And they, kept, and they kept on. And I'm sure the Orioles went right down the lines. Like this, this package right here is better than the Jackson uh, Holiday plus this other guy package. But it's like, no, we want that guy. If we're going to give up this guy, and so I think it was a smart deal for the White Sox to listen, even get into serious, engaging talks, as reports have said, with the Orioles, with the Dodgers, and other teams on Dylan Cease. It's good to know what your players worth and what other teams are willing to give you. And if they would have came with the right deal, I'm sure Rick Hahn wouldn't have a problem snapping up and getting uh, Dylan Cease traded to some other team and bringing the prospects that would return because he's not just a great pitcher. He's a great pitcher with great uh, contract control with only two more arbitration years after this. So, yeah, there's, there would have to have been some deal that they wanted 100% for trading Dylan Cease, and it's smart for them to hold him. The White Sox window that they said that they were rebuilding for, and obviously they, you know, have stumbled mightily uh, in rebuilding this. They said it was five to seven years long, and that was when they signed Yasmani Grandal in 2019. That window in their minds should still be open. So uh, when uh, the very aptly named uh, Grumpy Pig uh, mentions, uh, could you just scroll up a little bit there? Uh, Sox are not contending next year or, or next for a World Series. Um, maybe, but. The White Sox can win the AL Central the next two years, and that's very clear. They can get into the playoffs because they are going to spend the most money in the AL Central, Maybe. and they have the best player in Luis Robert Jr., and they have the best starting pitcher in Dylan Cease. Um, Do they? Know, yeah. I mean, what? You're going to contend Pablo Lopez? I'll laugh. Come on. Joe Ryan's coming. It's coming. Oh, but I can't bring. But but we have this whole shouting match. Over, I guess I, I'm the only one shouting. Um, but we have a whole shouting match over there that I can't bring up the only bad raise trade that they made. And you're saying he's the best damn pitcher in the AL Central. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm using your yeah. own words. They against got him you. for Nelson Cruz. I got. I'm using your own words against you. Your Joe, your Joe Ryan example. Well, but he's he's going to be a top of the rotation pitcher oh, if still, he's not already there. I mean, the White Sox can outspend every team. The White Sox can. They can. They, they have. Will the they? Talent. We don't know. They should. Sure. I mean, if if they, if they <laughs> I know, but if, I know, but if they promise that window, like that, that is what should happen. I mean, if they don't, I mean, we can look at their attendance and hey, maybe that's the reason why. I mean, listen, I when I when I go through this takeaway that I'm that I'm gleaning from this trade deadline and the moves they made, I'm not telling you I think that this team is going to win the World Series next year. What I was what I'm looking for is the intent of the front office and and. When they launched a full-scale rebuild at the end of 2016, they committed to 2017, 2018, and 2019 yeah. being three straight seasons in which they were going to let the future core of an annual contender develop in the minor leagues. You guys all sat through it. You all saw it happen. They were not attempting to build a division contender, a World Series contender in those three years because they thought something much, much better was going to be on the other side of it. Hasn't happened yet. And, but so when I look to 2024, I'm not saying, oh, good thing they kept all these guys. They're going to win. They're going to win 100 games mm -hmm. even after everything that happened this year. It's that 
is the front office going to attempt to have that same intent as they had during the rebuilding years? Is it, okay, we're just going to sit here and wait for Edgar Caro. Okay, we're going to sit here and wait for Colson Montgomery. We're going to sit here and wait for uh, whatever handful of pitching prospects that we've got. Or are they going to say, we've already bought and paid for this lineup of guys that we thought were going to be all-stars. Let's go, let's go out and get some pitchers, put them with those guys, and the, and the intent is that hopefully they can, they can finally stay healthy, that they can finally figure it out. I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you that that looks what the intent is going to be for this front office going into the offseason. Well, and I also don't think they were that serious in trading the Dylan Cease. Like, I, I, I know that there are some uh, reports out there. There was some, like, weird Birdland report, and there was that guy that said that uh, there was no way Pat's fit. Fitzgerald was going to get fired, and then 24 hours later he was fired. Um, so, like, I mean, it wasn't any, like, real reports that, like, seemed like the White Sox were going to trade it. seemed like they were listening. And seeing what the Orioles, who I think were the biggest threat to acquire Cease, what they gave up for Flaherty and uh, Cesar Prieto, um, who's, like, a pretty interesting prospect, but he's a 24-year-old second baseman who will likely be up next year. Like, they gave up one guy. They probably weren't going to pick, what, five of their guys from the top 100 or – four or three of those guys from the top 100 to get Cease. Like, it didn't seem like they were really willing to spend what it took to get Cease. Like, I, I don't think it was that serious. I think the Sox were pretty set on, on, on keeping Cease. They seemed really set, obviously, on keeping Luis Robert Jr. Um, it would be, I think, kind of a half measure if they don't go out and spend at least enough to address this rotation because we'll take a break and then we'll talk about Jake Berger. Um, I think they made an interesting acquisition with the Rays, uh, giving up cash to get both Luis of those Pacino. are official at this point, by the way. Hey, look at that. They're not reported. They're official. And then, um, uh, do you see the finishing pieces of uh, Keenan Middleton's trade? I, I didn't. What can you tell me about the Keenan Middleton? This trade? is this is still reported. Reported. Reported by Jeff Passan. A single A pitcher named Juan Corella, who Juan. is Rule Five eligible for the second year. So he's got a he's a starter. Looks like he's a pretty decent starter. Sub four ERA with uh, eighty three innings, uh, one hundred and ten strikeouts on the year. So young player, twenty one from the Dominican Corella. Juan Corella. That is reported return for the great Keenan Middleton. All right, the the great Keenan. Middleton. We'll have to change his number sure. when he gets out to the, the boogie down. What number is he? He's ninety nine right yeah. now. Someone's got that. Somebody's already got that. Judge. Judge has 99, so I don't know if Keenan has some negotiating skills. You're going to have to, I, I have to I, shave I, the facial hair, I too. Saw, oh, yeah, Keenan. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Keenan. I saw a book about uh, – I thought his number was 62. Hmm? The guy, Judge, I thought his number was 62. They, they wrote a book about him, and they got his face on the cover, and they got 62 on there. No. Mm. Right. He's just I'm sorry. I can't, pret- I can't pretend to laugh at that, Sean. I'm tweeting about trades that have oh, happened. Well, yeah. good for you. Do your job. Um, uh, yeah, Corella – this year, uh, a lot of outings, that, eight outings that went over uh, uh, 90 pitches. Um, so, now it, uh, it seems at, like, you know, if he's a real five eligible, the White Sox either got to make a decision on him because he seems promising. And so the White Sox either got to put him on the 40 man or uh, maybe lose him. Let's take a break and we'll, we'll talk about that because I think that, and someone made this point, are they going for their needs or are they getting the best players available? And I, I think they seemingly got some players that are very interesting for their mm-hmm. needs. So uh, let's take a break and we'll talk about that because I know people are, are frustrated at some point with the uh, the Jake Berger trades. But let's tell you about our friends over at Hooters. Uh, Herb's been to everyone in the Chicagoland area, all 11. So make sure you check those out at OriginalHooters.com. Um, but coming up on August 4th, three days away, friends. Hooters for their 40th year in business. Uh, 
all year long uh, in honor of that anniversary on the 4th of every month. We'll be hosting the throwback events, bringing back the 80s with 83-cent wings and other great specials. The next one's on August 4th. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to our plate for world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, and more. They have tons of great beer specials and $6 drinks all day, every day. And you can check out their seafood specials, too. 1983 for a pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steep shrimp. You can do it louder, no? Yeah. 83. 83. Uh, Hooters, again, celebrating 40 years in business all year long, so head out to Hooters on August 4th to celebrate uh, their throwback event uh, with 83-cent winks. 83. And other great specials. So, again, uh, Hooters, originalhooters.com for more info, and check out their 11 Chicagoland locations. They probably got some in Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, Florida. We got White Sox fans all over the world. I'm not sure about Hooters in Israel, but I know our guy... uh, um, What's his face? Oh, Ellie? Ellie is out there. Yeah. Um, I've even been to the one in Crystal Lake. I don't know if they consider that uh, Chicagoland. It's far. Oh, yeah. It doesn't say Illinois. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, Crystal Land, Lake Chicago counts Land. as Chicagoland. Yeah. yeah. Well, you want to go to original Hooters on that iPad or, or no? Um, figure it out. Yeah. Uh, let's let you know about <laughs> See if they'll deliver from Crystal Lake. <laughs> hey, uh, and if you are looking to stay home uh, and, and, and eat, uh, check out Factor Meal Kits. Uh, now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, acti- active days. Um, Factor's America's number one ready to eat meal kits can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can just pop these into your fridge and within the week or so, you just got to go through your, your your factor meals. Uh, There's six of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we also got uh, six smoothies with ours. Delicious. Um, They were delicious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fantastic. And really easy to make. Um, I had, I had the, uh, the favorite of theirs is the risotto they had. Oh, mercy. Was it, it tastes what, just like risotto? Uh, it was a mushroom risotto. I was it? I think it was a mushroom risotto with carrots, which I don't usually like cooked carrots, but they they uh, nicely season the carrots, and it tastes delicious. See, so I don't usually eat vegetables, and that's what Factor provides things that I would not usually eat, and then make them actually good because I wouldn't season up things. Don't you like hate lettuce too, or something like that? I hate lettuce. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. yeah. So like I don't like vegetables, and so Factor makes it much more palatable and delicious to eat. It's very weird because I thought their broccoli was honestly like, um, like I, I'd never had better broccoli. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Factor. And uh, only two, like all the meals I've eaten, eaten are two minutes in the microwave. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the uh, jalapeno ranch one, there was a chicken jalapeno ranch one. It was very good. Um, but check out uh, summer, uh, uh, Factor meal kits this summer. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook, but want to make sure that you're eating well, uh, Factor, you could skip the extra trip to the grocery store store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning uh, while getting all the flavor and nutrition and quality you need. Factor's fresh, never fro- frozen meals are just two minutes in the uh, microwave. All you have to do is heat up and enjoy. Uh, just pop the, uh, the top, put it in the microwave. Very easy, very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, again, it, it is fresh because uh, it's never frozen. So check out Factor Meal Kits. Uh, head it to factormeals.com slash socks 50 and use code socks 50 to get 50% off. That's, again, uh, factormealkits.com slash socks 50 and insert code socks 50 to get 50% off over at Factor Meal Kits. Um, so 
again, uh, Turd Ferguson saying super disappointed in the burger trade, uh, but I will at least give it a chance. Um, blank name saying eater better be that dude because the White Sox traded power uh, that they don't have sitting at any level. Uh, Steven, our meatball fan, our meatball producer is nodding his head uh, in agreement behind the, the, the mic. Dads the are texting us name, about this. Mr. Duber, that's three to one, Sean. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not calling. Sorry, blank name and, and Turd Ferguson. I wasn't. We're calling you meatball fans, but um, it does seem like there is a, a, a certain group that this is hitting them very hard. Jake Berger was a very lovable guy. Um, I, I feel like they were trading away from a strength of of power with this Jake Berger deal. Um, we've heard that Aloy and Andrew Vaughn were untouchable. Again, like, I, I understand. I understand why people are reacting this way. I understand why Steven's reacting this way, because what you just said. Their reaction is going to be, yeah, where's the power from Vaughn? Yeah, where's the power from Malloy? So you can say that it's a strength, but it's a supposed strength. And again, as I was just mentioning earlier, the White Sox surely think that Aloy and Andrew Vaughn are going to be those powerful hitters. But to, to, if you're a fan and you haven't seen it yet, you've seen it from Jake Berger. Mm-hmm. And so I, I understand that idea. But I think the idea is that, from the White Sox perspective, is that not only have they already invested in Aloy Jimenez, but the ceiling of Aloy Jimenez, the ceiling of Andrew Vaughn as complete all-around hitters are higher than what Jake Berger can give them. Not only that, those guys are entrenched at positions, albeit first base and DH. They're, they're at positions. They ha- Jake Berger, is Jake Berger your long-term second baseman? And I think a lot of people would say, well, if he's going to hit 30 home runs every year, what does it matter? And that, that's yeah. a valid argument, right? But the guy is not hitting much over 200. He's basically homering or getting out. Um, Three outcomes. It's not. Well, it's, right. That's two outcomes. But I no, mean, he's, but, he's walking now. He's walking <laughs> right. now. And that, so, that, well, now, yeah. it's, if you look at the whole season, I'm not sure that. It's 22 walks now. Right. But <laughs> the. 11 so, this month. So, so here, the selling high is probably how you explain this. Mm-hmm. And if the idea is that Jake Berger is going to be a 210 hitter for the rest of his career. I mean, if this is the best Jake Berger can give you and he's hitting 210, is that what you want when you can, when you can keep and hang on to guys who in Vaughn and Aloy who are not only supposed to hit that many home runs but also hit all around much, much better? This is the, this is the guy you let go if it gets you a pitcher that can be something for you down the road. What they don't have at all right now is starting pitching. They don't have any. And so while they have unproven, perhaps, home run hitters in, in Aloy and Vaughn, they don't have any starting pitching. So if Jake Eater can be a starting pitcher at some point, then there you go. That's 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 a positive, even if it's not necessarily uh, what anybody wanted to see. And again, they they had like they've seen this from Jake Berger before. Like they've seen the barrels before. Like yeah. the average Actually. MLB barrel rate is like six point five. When he was here in twenty twenty one, he had a, a barrel rate over ten percent. In twenty twenty two, he had a barrel rate over thirteen percent. And like they still se- didn't put him on the opening day roster this year, right? And like Keenan Middleton, like again, that was a place from strength. Like they picked him up. No one expected Keenan Middleton to be this good. No. And they just got a guy that might be a pitcher. So they, they added to the needs. I, I thought it was smart. And I think Jake Berger, to White Sox fans, like it's the symbolism of you walking through the desert and you're hot and it's sweaty and you're burning up. And Jake Berger is that piece of water or just a, a bottle of water in the, in the dirt. And you pick it up and you drink. It's like, ah, oh, so good. And then you got to keep on going through that garbage-ass desert because that's all it is. Jake Berger and Luis Robert Jr. And so 
man, that water was the most delicious water I've ever had. And that's why you're acting right now. White Sox fans are like, man, we had one of the best players of all time on the team, and we traded him for Jake Eater. I get it. The guy's awesome. He's fun. In a terrible season, he is one of the best uh, stories because of his two Achilles tendon uh, tears, and he came back from that. That's a great story. Family seems great. Ashlyn, his, his kid Brooks, sister is great. All the good things about Jake Berger, I get. Teams 21 games under 500 with them doing 25-plus home runs and with the great speed and with the great fielding. So if you can get something out of that where you weren't expecting, nobody was expecting. This is why the White Sox didn't put him on the opening day roster because, he didn't, firstly, he didn't have a position. Secondly, they didn't think this was the guy. If they thought this was the guy, I'm sure he would have started this year. And so he has nowhere to play. And this is more on the front office and their roster construction, which I kind of agree with. You got to keep um, Andrew Vaughn at first base. You believe in him. He's your third overall pick. And you got to keep Aloy Jimenez. So if you do both of those and things. Moncada. And Moncada. If you keep all those things together, Jake Berger is expendable. And like I said, I don't think they came into today wanting to trade Jake Berger. They just got a good deal for Jake Berger, and they had to pull the trigger. I'm fine with them. I'm actually 100% in favor of the deal. Yeah. Um, I, I will root on Jake Berger from afar. Where was he going to play next year? Because, again, Moncada is going nowhere. They're paying him $24 million. They cannot get out of that contract. Yohan Moncada is going to play third base unless he's injured. Um, you, Andrew Vaughn, you just said, I mean, like, he was drafted in the first round, like, more recently, yeah, and, and they didn't have to go through the Achilles heels injury. Yeah. I understand that he doesn't have the 25 home runs and he doesn't have the uh, defense that's at least average at two positions. I mean, we know that he's probably below average right now at first and, and left field. But again, they have more invested in Andrew Vaughn and boy, they've already given them the contract extension. Like mm -hmm. there's just no place to put Jake Berger because of the way that they built this roster. You have to try to get out of it some way and Hopefully those guys can bounce back. Hopefully T.A. can bounce back um, because you have someone that has been fantastic in Luis Robert Jr. Um, let's talk about the players they got back. Um, so uh, you like the Jake Burger, Jake Eater, Burger Eater trade, like eating a burger. Yeah, you made that first, right? Well, I, I mean, I, I, you were... I, I was you, you were like you were like yeah you were like oh you know I haven't seen anyone make that and I was just like oh yeah no Stephen and I made that just as like I'm not trying to no, be like, don't group me in with that it's not a great joke <laughs> what the hell Stephen you're not taking ownership of no, Burger it's, it's Eater not no, a great I, joke. I didn't own that one that oh was Sean man that take it. a great joke I don't want to take it you can take it I don't you can have it it's it's not really that I'm good. taking that low hanging fruit um, put it in my pocket but this is a guy Jake Eater who is top four uh, or was the fourth prospect in the Marlins. Uh, uh, ranking, but the Marlins system has been struggling. Yep. Their top three guys have been kind of iffy. Uh, Jake Eater has been performing the best, uh, albeit not... It wasn't perfect. Like, Jake yeah. Berger wasn't perfect. As Vinny was saying, you know, 214 batting average. He did start walking in July, but June, May, April, where was that? Um, like, he wasn't a perfect player. Didn't make the opening day roster, but what we're hearing about Jake Eater is the slider is incredible left-handed side um he is a guy that if the white Sox are able to elevate he could be on the roster next year i mean if you're looking at the rotation see spots in at number one we've talked about the struggles for kopech um in that two spot but they're kind of tied to him the same way they're tied to mancata um they came over in the same trade 
you don't really want to see Jesse Schultons. Maybe Tuki Toussaint can show you something, um, but maybe they could creative. They have a guys that can probably go three to four innings and give you something. Maybe the White Sox become a team that, you know, becomes more of a bullpen oriented team like the Rays are. I mean, well, they just traded. Uh you just traded four bullpen pitchers away, too. Right, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe they get creative. I mean, Tanner Banks can give you some innings. Jesse Schultons can give you some innings. Tuki Toussaint can give you some innings. Um, if they go out and spend money this offseason and get some more starters, um, I think that this team can be competitive in the AL Central. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to put my eggs in the basket, but, yes, theoretically they could be competitive in this, and we all thought this year they would be competitive. And that same team, for the most part, offensively, is coming back. So getting a pitcher, Jake Eater, I apparently had Tommy John a couple years ago, is just working his way back. And so that's why the lack of innings uh, load. But as we talked about earlier, 10 strikeouts in his last start that he had. And so maybe he's in double A right now. Maybe he gets some more seasoning next year to build him up. And I see him coming up maybe May or June as a contributor to the club. But... I, I'm in favor of the move, as you said. The, he's more likely the number one guy, even though you know he's listed as the four guy in the Marlins prospect system. Just coming off that surgery, you don't know what you're going to get. But the results so far in his short uh, stint in AA this year have been uh, positive. All right. I have to go talk to Rakan. Bye. I'm out. Good luck. Tell us. Um, hi. Follow Vinny on Twitter. Uh, sure. Sure we'll do, Herb. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if he said, if he said like, Herb Lawrence and Sean said hi? Do you uh, he, he already hung up when he said Herb. When? On Vinny. He's like, no. He's like, if he, it's like, hey, Herb says hi. And then. Oh, like, I got you. Rick yeah, yeah. just hangs the phone up. Well, I, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, you know, hey. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think. I like how they just said Han, too. He just, yeah. like, screamed it. It's a weird thing. Like, I think you guys Lawrence on, just thought Vinny quit. Yeah. <laughs> he just left Walked the, off he the show. <laughs> and he's right there. Look at Jake's face. It's a glass and he's conference like, where the hell is Vinny doing? Yeah, Vinny has a job. He's uh, the reporter of us. He's the journalist of our, of our group, and he needs to report what Rick Han says in this little press conference that he's going to have from Texas. And, like I said, I will crap on Rick Hahn whenever a chance is available to crap on Rick Hahn because he's done a lot of shitty stuff. And still, he should be fired after all of this. But he gets credit, even though I don't know if he did all this. I will give him credit. He did this, and I thought this trade deadline, I would have to give it an A. I wouldn't give it an A plus because somehow Clevenger's still on the team. I don't know why. Well, because no one wants him. That's probably why. Um, but yeah, no, I'd I'd give it a B B B plus. But no, Ryan. I mean, if they have if they fired Rick Hahn, I'd be celebrating in the streets. Oh my! I mean, Jesus. we'd be throwing the parade of all parades. Please, 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 calm down, folks. Um, we're just trying to be. You know, they made these trades. What do we think of these trades? Because again, if they don't go out and spend and try to overspend his mistakes, this team's gonna suck next year too. Like, I mean, these guys aren't saviors of their team; they're prospects. They are just guys that could be dudes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that's all prospects are. Jake Eater has a 50 potential uh, future value, but, I mean, is he going to be decent? Like, I mean, uh, let's read, him, let's read uh, some people about uh, little Jake Eater here. Okay. Um, so this is from uh, Eric Longerhagen uh, of uh, Fangraphs. Um, he sits and tops out at 92 to uh, 95. Uh, or sorry, he sits at 92, 95, but tops out around 97. Um, his slider is a 70 grade. 
And there is the comparison, uh, if you didn't want to read this, he that is. he is the uh, lefty Spencer Strider. Oh. Um, so, I mean, like, he yeah. could be lefty Spencer Strider. He could be Carlos Rodon. He could suck, right? I mean, we don't know. We just learned about Jake Eater today. Um, but Eater was a tantalizing but inconsistent high school prospect, and he was drafted in the 2020 draft. Um, so, again, it wasn't really the cleanest run and all of these prospects are odd i mean garrett crochet had a very weird 2020 and he ended up going in the first round jake eater another lefty in that same draft who went to an sec school goes fourth and now he's apparently the starter and garrett crochet is you know kind of just in limbo um but eric writes eater's delivery has changed since college his arm slot is not as notably deliberately deliberately north to south as before but his fastball still plays as an end zone bat misser because of his angle and carry the tweaks has made Eater Slider one of the nastier sliders on the planet. 2021 pitch data showed a 300 RPM uptick from his college slider to his pro one, with some of them kind of looking like they're headed to the ribs of the left-handed hitters before bending over the plate. His changeup is only fair right now, and his command still comes and goes. And even though he didn't walk nearly as much hitters in 2021 as he intended to college, there was still eyeball scouting relief risk even uh, here before his elbow blew out. But if Eater does have to move to the bullpen, uh, there might be another gear of velocity in the tank. So what I just like is with this trade, with Patino, um, they clearly like a certain makeup. They like guys who are athletic. They like guys who throw hard. They like guys with those high high spin rates, right? Um, So I think that, again, if Ethan Katz is controlling, hey, we want these pitchers because I think I can do X with them, that is the smart way to go and do this, right? Right. it's more about not doing half measures like getting only Clevenger and Be- uh, and Benatendi in yes. the offseason, right? It's going out and spending and making sure you have a full team to take on 162. The White Sox consistently don't do that, but if they do that in 2024, maybe they have a team. They likely won't, and that's why we want to, again, fire Rick Hahn, the guy Vinny's talking to right now. Yeah, and I see people like, you're giving him an A? He's like, yeah, look at all the trades that Rick Hahn has made. Like, every single person that is valuing trades, knows about prospects, and knows what the White Sox gave up, mostly these are rentals for the teams that are acquiring White Sox talent, and the White Sox got long-term and talented people. Um, the most, White Sox right now, especially with this Jake Eater trade, can possibly have a top 10 yeah. uh, uh, farm system in baseball. Yeah. We played the Kylie McDaniel thing. He said that he would have them ranked 12 right now, and depending on other trades, that they can move up into the top 10. Patino is a former top five uh prospect pitcher for both the Padres and Rays. Um, It's an interesting thing that they just got him for cash only. Eater right now is top five in the Marlins prospect system. Um, Kira was, what, number two or three? Was he? In the Angels? Oh, yeah, Caro. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, sorry, I thought you meant the guy that they got for, the, uh, for Keenan. Yeah. Because he's, he's – I, I just probably not ranked it. Um, <laughs> ranked at all. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – it is something where the White Sox needed to get things of value from their uh, – from, from these players that were leaving, and they did. Like, they, they didn't trade anyone that was – a cornerstone of this franchise. You might love Jake Berger and for good reason, but I agree with Tite boy. Um, it's a win-win <laughs> for both teams. Um, Eater is what the White Sox needed was someone who has potential or starter potential. And Jake Berger wasn't on the opening day roster. Didn't have a position. They were trying him out at second base after the spring training reports was that he was done playing third base. I mean, Jake Berger has done a great job turning his, uh, career around and yes we should celebrate that 
but that doesn't mean that Jake Berger needs to stay on the White Sox for him to live out his major league dreams. I mean, we have MLB TV if you're a T-Mobile subscriber. Go follow Jake Berger on that. Uh, you won't get blacked out for watching those Miami games, so I don't know. Ooh, wow. Um, Juan Corella, the reported return for Keenan Middleton going to the Yankees, is 29th in the Yankees' top 30 prospects. His ETA is 20-25. All right, so... It's, I think it's a tough thing for the White Sox because he is eligible, according to couple sources, for Rule 5 drafts. So the White Sox would have to put him on those 40 man or else risk losing him in the Rule 5 draft. And, you know, Sam says top 10 farm system. Sorry if I'm skeptical. My name is Being Bitter on Twitter. Please be bitter. Please be skeptical. Please hate. Be a hater. Step into the hater building, clock in, punch in for your 9-to-5, and hate Rick Hahn. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You shouldn't be dealing with this right now in 2023 and 2024. You shouldn't have a question mark in the air if Rick Hahn right now on Zoom is going to say, we are going to compete and spend $160 million or more on this team in 2024 because the attendance is not up because the White Sox fans are sick of this shit, and you should be. Yes. So, I, I mean, we're not trying – we're just trying to also just – that is also a fact. We're trying to be they, impartial what they, and what they, fair. What they got from their prospect yeah. system has now made them top 10. Yeah. They might not be able to develop any of these guys, and that's why they got to go spend $30 million this offseason. Guys, if you watched me throughout my career or listened to me on the score back before this, you know I'm a hater. I hate, Let's go. not hate Rick Hahn, but his career has been terrible. Absolutely terrible. Disgusting. He's one of the worst GMs I've ever seen in baseball. Just bad at his job. The one thing he does well is sell off. We saw that with the first uh, uh, iteration of this um, rebuild where he got some quality people. Now, can they develop the talent that goes along with it? That's the question. He gets players. He gets people in the building. They had a top 10 uh, prospect list, as Sam had said, and this might be the same. But I got to give him the credit when credit's due. I can't just hate on him every single day of my life and, again, if Rick Hahn gets fired tomorrow, Wednesday, Friday, next week, October 15th, this man right here, Herb Lawrence, will be cheering because he deserves <laughs> his, his, his firing 100%. And I, know, I even know Rick Hahn getting fired doesn't solve the White Sox because Kenny Williams is going to install Jeremy Haber or Chris Getz or maybe even his son, Kenny Williams Jr., as the general manager. Family it's gonna, business. It's going to be terrible. But Rick Hahn has deserved to get fired multiple times. He should not be the White Sox general manager. But since he is the White Sox general manager, I would prefer him to do his job well, and he has done this job well. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I, I think that the pieces that they got are interesting, and interesting doesn't mean successful. Interesting doesn't mean that they're going to pan out. I think that Eater is really interesting. It's very similar to Noah Schultz in a way. He's just not 6'8". Um, that's the thing is like, I mean, they could have three lefties with just insane sliders, just tall um, lefties. <laughs> they need to develop crochet. They need to develop eater. They need to develop Schultz, but it's possible that they could have, uh, three. It's possible that they could have one. It's possible they have none, but Man. it'd be fun. It's interesting. Get the ball down to the low block. <laughs> the White Sox going to kill the guardians. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Ramirez doesn't have a chance. Yeah. He's going to be like Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell on the same like, team. Too small, too little, too little. <laughs> Just pushing them out. Um, and this this kid that they got for the Yankees, I know you keep bringing up uh, that he is uh, Rule 5 eligible, um, but so is Gregory Santos. And nine games uh, since June 2nd, uh, so since June, uh, 46 and two-thirds innings pitched, 67 strikeouts, uh, 386 ERA. Goddamn. Um, 
batters have a batting, batters have a Jake Berger batting average against them, two fourteen, uh, an OPS under seven hundred. Um, I mean, again, like he's throwing sixty four percent strikes, like. If they can have these guys and are able to figure out and have them throw strikes, they could be really successful. Let's talk about the Luis Patina trade uh, or acquisition from the Rays. Uh, Steven, do you want to say it or do you want me to just not yell at you that you shouldn't <laughs> trade with the Rays? Hey, oh. you shouldn't trade with the Rays, or Sean. An acquisition. Don't trade with the Rays ever. All right. Um, I, I just it, it's so it's so stupid. I know it's like it's, a, so, it's, so, it's like a nails on a chalkboard to you. They're very dumb, right? But also, like I said, like if you gave the Rays twenty five million dollars, they'd probably give you Randy a Rosarino. They need it. They, hey, let's let's keep it off the books. I don't want to pay taxes on this. I guess they're in Florida; they don't have to. Um, but you know, and it's cash. We got to pay, pay insurance. Um, I mean, this Luis Patino a- acquisition is very interesting um, because yes, he's been in the major league since twenty twenty. He hasn't been a starter in the majors, but he was a raised guy. They acquired him in the Blake Snell trade. Mm-hmm. The main thing that they got in that was the Francisco Mejia uh, guy, um, our catcher. And you know, Patino was a top four prospect for the Padres, and I think he was a top four prospect in 2021 uh, for the um, Rays before he got called up. Um, but here's the report, or part of the report from Fangraphs that I find interesting. Um, indeed, Patino's walk per nine rose as he was promoted to each of his previous four minor leagues levels, culminating in a gnarly 16.5 walk rate Jesus. during the small 2020 big league sample. For someone as short as Patino, is, his arm swing is actually quite long and his tactile feel for his release has seemingly regressed mm. and has gotten more muscular. But remember that this is one of the better on-the-mound athletes in the minors who is still the college age of a prospect. He's 23! Uh, and who hasn't had elite velocity for very long. Since he signed, Patino has gained about 40 pounds and added about 10 ticks of fastball velocity. What do the White Sox like? What has been Ethan Katz's success stories? Let's shorten up the arm angle and let's ho- throw hard as shit. Yep. Um, Luis Patino is an athlete who throws hard as shit um, and um, is can shorten up their his arm swing. Like this could be a guy that is on the bullpen next year. Like and they acquired him for cash. Like these are smart acquisitions because I think that they have needs and are like, all right, who is giving up? Who can we go acquire? Who is just on the the, the heaps? Right? Because this is 2024, a year that they're going to need every single guy, every 26 men to give. A, a positive uh, contribution. Isn't the knock, wasn't the knock on Gregory Santos that he can't get the ball with the plate or he's wild inside, outside the zone? Yeah, where's that been? Exactly. Right. So Ethan Two Katz starts. Has, has reformed him and made him into a valuable piece. And so I saw somebody poo-pooing that he's not gone. I I was gonna it was gonna be a hard get for him because he's a future closer, current closer for the White Sox, and he has a lot of years of control. Keenan Williamson's gone because of the free agent after the end of the year, and he's like twenty nine or thirty one, one of the two. And so getting Luis Patino, especially just for cash, hell, I'll do that every day in the week. And you said he's twenty three years old, long arm swing, but I think maybe that's probably contributing to the wildness when you're just all up here and then you're way back here and you, you can't you know keep on repeating your motion as much that's what Lucas Giolito was that in 2018 where he was the worst pitcher in baseball cats fixed him Dylan Cease and, and Dylan Cease yeah how, how tall is Dylan Cease six, six one one yeah how tall is uh, the short Luis Patino six six one okay right. but yeah like I don't it's a can't hurt might help 
yeah, pickup. And like 49 games started with your Padres, about 234 innings. So he does have a starter base. Like before he was moved to the Rays, there was questions on if he could be a starter. And like, he could be in the lead. He could be a White Sox pitcher by this year, mm-hmm. like in the rotation. Right. So, I mean, again, if, if, if they pan out, and I know that's the word that everyone keeps hearing, if, 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 um, they need them to work out. But, again, I think that they're interesting players. Um, I, I think there are ways that you could talk themselves into, and it doesn't take too much brain power. Um, we'll talk a little bit more. Let's take a break and talk about some of our fantastic fa- sponsors. What you drinking? I am drinking a 312 from our friends at Goose Island. Mercy. Um, what's the Segura thing? Josh Bell for, for Segura and a prospect? Josh Bell got traded. Yeah, he got traded. He got traded to the Marlins. Really? Yeah. It was somebody said it earlier. Uh, I think KPW said it earlier in the show. But yeah, grand opening, grand closing for Josh Damn. Bell up in Cleveland. All right. See, and like that's Cleveland's in second place. They they signed that guy this offseason in their second fucking place. Like you don't think the White Sox could just maybe sign two starting pitchers this offseason and they'd be all right? Like I mean, the guy that they signed was a bum. If they signed two guys that aren't a bum. Like, hey, maybe maybe they can have, like, 50 wins, and they'd be in it. Um, they won 81 games, and then somehow they've just completely fallen off. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that this is the right move. Uh, but anyways, the right move is always Goose Island Beer Company. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster includes Herb, what Herb's drinking, the 312 Wheat Ale, uh, the Goose Island IPA, the six-time medal award winner at the Great American Beer Fest, the Tropical Beer Hug uh, from the Beer Hug IPA series. They got a nice little slampler out there that you could try with uh, four different flavors, three different beers each. Uh, and you could try the Full Pocket Pills, too. Uh, it's the everyday beer that the brewers are drinking over at the uh, Clybourne Avenue uh, uh, brew house uh, or in Lincoln Park or from their tap room uh, in Fulton Street uh, in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. We also have. I want to answer a co- concert vids. Uh, the Cubs guys died. Sorry, guys. What? Sorry, concert vids. He's like, socks suck. Where are the Cubs guys? They died. Sorry. Are they? We, st- are- we took their studio A. It was a battle between us and them. They had to go. They're probably over that wall over there, buried somewhere. So sorry, concert vids. And I'm, I'm sorry, concert vids. Uh, you're saying White Sox are the worst professional team in uh, Chicago. I, I hate to tell you that uh, this is this company's CHGO. Uh, we're actually just doing it for all the teams, uh, whether they're good, whether they're bad. Uh, we're or just gonna we're gonna yeah or indifferent. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna do them no matter what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, we also got uh, our friends over at Shady Rays, and uh, ah. hey there. Oh, there. Newness. Uh, look at that. I know, right? These those. are these are slick. Uh, those these are, are nice to sell. The Oakmont Stealths, folks. Um, take on the sun with gear belts to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoors adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, so they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they were back long after your purchase. And if you don't love Shady Rays, you can exchange them for, or if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people um and i'll be wearing my shade rays when we're golfing chjo kicks off classic at cog hill on august 25th at 9 a.m uh go buy your tickets now at all 
Get 18 holes with a cart. The exclusive CHGO and Pins and Aces uh, polo that you can see in the uh, bottom right? Left. Left? If they're looking at it, yeah. Bottom I guess, left. I guess I was kind of turning my back for some reason. <laughs> as in, I was just like mirroring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be the bottom left. Uh, and uh, throughout the 18 holes, uh, we'll have some hole contests. We'll have some giveaways and prizes. And uh, there'll be lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. And diehards, you can enjoy a discount, uh, 20% off events, whether that's the golf one or the uh, Wrigley Field event that we have uh, in August. Sox and Cubs, uh, when the Cubs will welcome the Sox into the friendly confines. Uh, and you can also, uh, when you become a diehard, get some premium written content for members over at LCHGO. You get a free shirt when you sign up and you get access to the members only discord where Herb and Vinny were asking, uh, answering uh, mailbag questions yesterday mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, so again, you also get 20% off to events like the CHGO kickoff classic. So buy your tickets today, become a diehard as well. Uh, get yourself some free merch and uh, come join us on the 25th. Two things. Uh, Mailman Jack's liking your games. He's like, you're showing you some nice leg meat. And Mailman Shout Jack is a mailman, so he walks a lot. He knows from legs. And uh, Matthew Lucas, you're not wrong. 100% Jordan Montgomery, Frankie Montas. I think we were talking about that off the air a couple days ago. Those are 100% White Sox signing. I would actually substitute Jordan Montgomery for the guy who went to Baltimore today in Jack Flaherty. Ethan Katz, former coach at uh, Westlake, Harvard Westlake. So he needs a Harvard Westlake guy on his roster at all times. Looks like Lucas might not come back. And Max Street is tied up in the Braves. Here you come. Here's your money, Jack Flaherty. Um, I don't know. Well, I can't think about the 2024 offseason. I don't think they do Montas. I think Montgomery makes sense. It seems like they, they are, like, trying to, like, desperately, like, lefties. force a lefty. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like they're, like, we haven't had a lefty in the, in the rotation. we got to figure out one of these guys. So um, we should have signed Rodon. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> he was in our house. Um, yeah, so... I, I I don't know who they're going to go for yet, but they should spend and, and get two of those guys. And, and it's like, you know, Clevenger was a guy similar to Montas coming off an injury. Like, get a guy that's maybe pitched a season recently. Yeah. You know, Montgomery's pitched. Let's I like him. And don't work. Yeah, and don't, like, pencil in any of these rookies that the White Sox just picked up. Even Patino. Unless Patino shows you that he is a MLB starter in his brief time that he'll get this year with the White Sox, or same thing with Schultons, the same thing with Tuki Toussaint, sign to or trade two proven MLB starters next year. And if those pitchers fizzle out, then bring all these other guys up from the minor leagues to go into next year as with Dylan Cease being the only solid starter that you have in the rotation is unacceptable. So I hope Rick Hahn is telling Vinny that they'll be spending money on the starter uh, market because really for the most part they don't have any openings on their position player thing besides second base and maybe catcher but they're expecting Corey Lee to come up this year and be a contributor so I would think that they're gonna be having a uh, Corey Lee be a major league starter the major league starter next year with Sebi being the backup so Vinny's tweeting from uh, his glass box over there um, Rick Hahn says Sox trade of Jake Berger was quote a strict baseball deal, end quote. I mean, uh, what else would it be? Says they, move? says they dealt from a position <laughs> of relative strength, right-handed power, told you. Uh, says pitching was a priority for Sox at deadline, and they got a top left-handed pitching prospect in Jake Eater, saying Eater, quote, a very special, is a, quote, 
very special pitcher and helped many White Sox teams for a long time going forward. End quote. Uh, we haven't gotten the money quote yet on if they will be contending, if they're going to be going for it in 2024. If it's a 2025 thing, we see the Mets dealing Verlander and Scherzer and uh, Epler's telling Scherzer that they're going for more 2025 or 2026. Which makes no sense. They I mean, still have a high-ass payroll. Right. Um, Even without those two payrolls. Gio Gonzalez is available again? Oh, man. Maybe. Let's go. Um, Third acquisition of him. Do you think they're going to be competitive in 2024? The White Sox? No. I don't think they're going to be competitive. I think Just because they won't spend. And I'm saying this right now, and I know off-season of whatever's going on, and what I said back in March and April of this year that I thought they're going to win 86 games. Foolhardy. But I think everybody was in that same 80-game, 80-win realm. Now, do I think they're going to be competing for the AL Central next year? They should just by showing up with the players that they have. But once I say that, <laughs> I couldn't imagine them being 21 games below 500 with Dylan Cease being healthy the whole year, uh, Lucas Giolito being healthy the whole year, and most of the starting rotation being healthy for the most of the year, and then them being this. No, I, I mean, they're going to be worse le- next year. Like, from a standpoint of actual team, that team on paper for next year, without any additions, is projected to be worse than the team that's currently constructed. And and this team, too, again, was projected to have, like, 75 wins by Fangraphs and Pakoda and, and, you know, everyone else was like, ah, no, they'll win 80, they'll win 90. (laughs) No, they might not even win 70, folks. Sorry, Fangraphs, Um, I laughed at you. Yeah, uh, the lineup today, Tim at short, Yohan at third, Luis in center, Aloy at DH, Benny batting fifth and left. I, I still don't understand that. I don't. I, who cares? Your five hitter, Ben Benintendi, one home run. Come on now. You got two homers. Oh, I forgot. Please don't that, short that, my man's. That, that leadoff home Please run. Please don't short my man's. Hey, in Texas, eight more. Time, time to well, hit some more home runs. Here's the damn thing. Um, this man has never hit a home run in guaranteed right field. I know no one cares about this damn team. This forsaken team. It's August. Mm-hmm. It's August. They signed him to a seventy-five million dollar deal, and he has not hit a home run at home yet. At home, they play more games there. I mean, that's all Jake Berger did was hit homers at home. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, Benny fifth, Vaughn first, batting sixth. Uh, Colas in right field, batting seventh. Elvis Andrews, yeah. second base, batting eighth, uh, replacing Jake Berger. And Sebi, ninth, catching. Uh, David, <laughs> love the comment. Uh, can we get rid of Elvis yet? Why is Elvis playing? I don't and know. Would Grandal be cut? He, they, I, they both should be off the team. There's no reason for them to be playing anymore. Somebody was uh, sending me a DM, and they're like, is Liam going to pitch anymore this year? I'm like, no, he shouldn't. Like, if he wants to pitch, if he's feeling the uh, good to pitch, let him pitch. But there's no reason for Liam to be out there. There's no reason for Yaz to be on the team after today. And the same thing with Elvis. You couldn't trade him. They have to go somewhere else. There's nothing for them on this White Sox team. And... Hard feelings got to be hard feelings. You paid them pretty much all you need to pay them. Two months is not going to be breaking the bank for Yaz or um, Elvis. We're going to uh, release a tribute video if Yaz is released, and it's just going to be her falling on his face. Um, I will remember you. I will be remember great song. you. And then you land on the pavement. <laughs> oh, and then yeah, when we do the the the, the chance, we'll have your bo- like your body leave your yeah. you know, your soul leaving from you. We'll have Stephen uh, yeah. edit this. Stephen, can we sing Sarah McLaughlin songs? Uh, it's a parody, sued? so you're allowed to. Okay, oh, yeah, we're yeah. covering it. 
So I mean, we were actually singing the actual song. We weren't parodying that one. Yeah, no, but, but we're covering. Okay. We're, we're we're doing our own artistic flair. I know her. She, you know, she, if we're not talking about the dogs, she's lit, she's very litigious. You just did. You just mentioned it. Um, final con- quote from Rick Hahn, and we do have a post game uh, after the White Sox take on the Rangers. Andrew Heaney on the bump for the Rangers. Jesse Schultons on the bump for the White Sox. Rick Hahn said, "Quote: We still have impactful talents in Chicago." Competing for the postseason is viable in 2024. In all candor, sitting here 55 minutes after the deadline, proclaiming this is how we're going to get there in 2024, isn't exactly our mission. The organization is much, much stronger for 2024 and beyond. What that looks like at the big league level in 2024, let's get to the end of the season. You will hear directly what the plan is for the people in charge. End quote. Oh, hey, 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 he left the door open for him to get fired. Hey. You'll hear directly from the hey. people in charge. He didn't say himself, except from the people in charge. Hey, so Rick Hahn getting fired, hopefully. Last time I, uh, I mean, last, I think the only way Jerry Reinsdorf will make a statement is if someone dies. Um, it was Rocky Wirtz and then Jerry Reinsdorf. So, um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to hear from Jerry. Maybe no. we got to bug him while he's getting from his car to, uh, <laughs> to guarantee Ray Field if he even goes there anymore. Like, Probably. hey, Jerry, what do you think about the Keenan Middleton trade? Yeah, who? <laughs> Carrie, what do you think about Zach Eater? Um, yeah. <laughs> Jaxo with the two dollars, the two twenty dollars super chats. Wow, my Let's God, go Jaxo. Jaxo! Thank you, Give Jaxo. Give him a little air horn. Give him a little goose honk. Thank you, Jaxo. Uh, the White ah. Sox ah. are eleven games out in the division. Rest of the division did nothing to add anything significant, so we could still win the division. Will they pick up Trey Mancini off waivers? Cody, will the White Sox pick up Trey Mancini off the waivers? Yeah, I, I would love it. Neil Kotz, Gio Soto, Diavano Navarro, and Trey Mancini. I like Trey Mancini because of the story as uh, Liam is going through. You know, yeah, he, he, had, he had cancer, battled back, and he's in the major leagues. But, no, we already have a bunch of first-base DH types. I hope he catches on with a different team. Maybe he goes back to the Houston Astros where he won a World Series last year. Our guy Dave is uh, saying uh, public domain. Who cares? Is, is, is Sarah McLaughlin to the public domain? Maybe we list of, uh, make a list of public domain songs that we can play. On our show. That's not a public domain song okay. at all. all right. Steven, uh, can you make the video I suggested about Herb uh, and the whole soul leaving this body and then put a list of public domain songs that we could play on our show? Can uh, you do that? No. No, okay. can't do all that. Right. Yeah. Uh, bye, guys. Uh, love you so much. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Uh, we do appreciate everyone for hanging out with us and uh, making sure, uh, you know, catching up on the White Sox moves this trade deadline. Uh, we will join you later on tonight with a postgame show. Vinny will be in studio, so we'll probably have some either Rick on sound video or uh, Vinny telling you what he said. Um, and we'll discuss the direction of this team in 2024. Um, thank everyone for hanging out with us in the chat. Follow Herb on Twitter at Eckernwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow the show on Twitter at CHG underscore White. White Sox. And you can see what Rick Hahn's saying on Vinny's Twitter at Vinny Duber. Thank you to Steven Nicholas. And I'm going to go drink a ton of water. Goodbye.